good. Okay, thank you. Welcome. Uh, I've been told to say, uh, to, to bid you a very warm welcome to Dunmo. Oh, welcome. Well, Pleased that, that we are here. I think uh, members of the public are uh, aware that we broadcast this, and uh, as we are speaking, we speak into the microphone so that uh, it takes up on the recording and that everybody can hear. Um, I'm told that there's uh, no fire alarms due this evening, so should one go off, it's the real thing. I have here a notification that we have one public speaker before we start, that is Ellie Wilson, but I'm rather thinking that she's not here. So we will skip over that and go straight on to the uh, committee proper. And so, apologies for absence. I have apologies from Councillor Eek and Roger Harbour. Thank you. Councillor Armstrong is still in America. Councillor Armstrong is away, yes. We should, we should record that. And declarations of interest. John Evans uh, speaking. Uh, I'd like to declare in relation to two items uh, later, one in relation to Falstead Neighbourhood Plan, that I uh, have no pecuniary nor any prejudicial interest, uh, although I am uh, the member for Falstead uh, and also chair the Stebbing Neighbourhood Plan Steering Group. Thank you. Minutes of the previous meeting. Members, have, do we have any uh, any comments? Councillor Dean. Thank you, Chairman. Um, I wasn't there, but Councillor Sell was there in my stead, and his name is not mentioned, nor for that matter is Councillor Gregory's name mentioned as being in attendance, even though he's both quoted in the body of the minutes. Um, Oh no, that's sorry, that's in the agenda rather than minutes, yes. Okay, so uh, that's a, um, yeah. Okay, okay, thank you. Councillor Thank you, Chair. Um, yes, the uh, point 38, number 38, I'd just like to inquire if the uh, letter of thanks has actually been sent to the Museum uh, Society. Um, interesting point. Were you not the uh, the responsible member at that stage? I requested the cabinet, uh, the cabinet to, to send it. Um, I'm, I'm not aware that it has been sent, no. So could I ask you please to, uh, to rectify that on behalf uh, of Perhaps we could make a note then for the cabinet portfolio to, to do that on his return. Thank you. And um, I have a couple other points, where I take them now. Yes, yes, so I'm, I'm advised then that is uh, a correction, so that it's not a matters arising. Okay, so um, I have a point for matters arising. There, is, there are no matters arising. There are no matters arising. No. I'll ask a question. Okay, thank you. Any other comments on the, um, the minutes? Okay, can I have a proposal that we accept as a true record? 
Angeles. Uh, second, please. Mr. Panic. Thank you. I think you've probably got to be a member of the cabinet, actually, so apologies. Yeah. Councillor Pepper, thank you. All those in favour? Carried, thank you. Item 3. Questions or statement from non-executive members of the Council? Do we have any questions? Councillor Light first. Thank you. Yes, I do. Um, coming back to the, uh, the point on the minutes, which was uh, point 39, uh, I'd just like to ask the question of whether the strategy board has been convened um, and if it hasn't, why not? Because it states here that corporate strategy will be fleshed out through a strategy board. What is it? So you're on 39. And point, uh, point 39, which is the corporate plan delivery plan. And my question is, if the strategy board has not been convened, <coughs> Why has that not happened? Uh, I'll come back to you on that. Uh, Councillor Cain. Sorry, at what point? Um, let, shall we say within two weeks? Thank you. Councillor Cain? Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Mr Chairman. I've got two questions, if I may. I mean, first of all, can I ask the portfolio holder in finance when Uttlesford residents will be consulted on their priorities for the spending in 2021 financial year, particularly in light of the Council's declaration of a uh, climate and ecological emergency. Uh, thank you. Yes. Um, at the moment, I don't think we have. Um, we're working on budgets for uh, the coming year. Um, I don't know whether a consultation had, had been uh, agreed on the detailed spending, uh, but certainly we were bringing forward um, <coughs> things to be done for the climate change uh, uh, emergency. Um, w were you intending to? Were you thinking of having a, a big consultation on the matter? Uh, I, I will be uh, corrected, I'm sure, if I'm wrong, but I, I've always thought that there'd been an Uttles Good Life kind of consultation on uh, priorities, about budget priorities in the run-up to the budget setting process and the residents were asked for their comments. I just haven't seen that kind of process happening this year. So I don't know if you want to comment on that. Uh, we're not intending to do an Office for Life consultation, not like the one that was done last time, which was uh, a very long list of things. I don't think anything really came of it, despite uh, the responses that uh, were produced. Uh, just, just about, we did take a, we did take a conscious decision not to do that consultation this year. Right, well, thank you for that. Uh, and the second one is a more local issue, um, uh, and I'm unsure with the reorganisation of the portfolio holders' remits, who has responsibility for community information? Uh, I ask that question because Stansted District Councillors 
wish to discuss with the appropriate person whether the, the administration is planning to honour the commitment that the previous administrations have made to providing community information service in the new community hub in Stansted, which is going to open in January next year. Can, do you recall what the nature of that uh, information was? How was it? How was it to be done? How was it decided by the previous administration? Uh, I, I think you need to speak to your officers. That there was budget provision in previous years for uh, the kind of service that is provided <coughs> in other locations in the district, particularly Dumbo, as we're in Dumbo. Um, we'd be lo looking for a similar kind of service that is done in, in Dumbo Library. Yes, I believe it is, it is in the budget, and so we'll, uh, we'll be in touch to, uh, to give further information. In the budget? Thank you. Yes. In the budget for, for the current year? Um, yes, and I don't think it's in 2021. 2021, thank you. <coughs> <coughs> Thank you, Chairman. Mine's a bit of housekeeping. Um, I don't happen to have an Oxford um, laptop, and I'm finding increasingly that I've been sent to links to documents that I'm unable to open. Um, the cabinet document tonight, I had to ask for the thing to be sent as a PDF. I tried to follow the link and open it, it doesn't operate. Um, similarly, when I have part two items, I've asked them to be sent separately. It's to a gov.uk address because I can't access it because I don't have enough website, uh, sorry, up to the machine. So, you know, I think Councillor Light's here tonight with papers because she hadn't downloaded this to the desktop because she's not sure she'd have Wi-Fi here. And we're all in the same problem. She couldn't download it, she couldn't follow the link. And, I, you know, I think it's a, the link goes dead and says can't fix this page. And if we could just have a look at it for those of us who my sympathies for you, but I'm not quite sure it's a subject for a cabinet meeting. Maybe you could questions talk to the leader. To, um, but, um, well, fine. I, uh, my answer will be that it really needs to be sorted out outside of this meeting with, uh, with a member of IT, I would suggest. Uh, Councillor Powell. Um, yes, I've got a comment to make about item 12. Microphone. Comment to make about item 12 on the agenda. Should we do it now or when we come to that? Um, I'm happy for you to make that point when, it's, uh, when, when it comes to that item on the agenda. I think that would probably be more appropriate. Councillor I have noticed, Chairman, on the papers for tonight that there is um, responses to the consultation on the, um, what's it called, the, the Council Tax Support Scheme. Um, and we'll come to that later. Um, I'm certainly uh, familiar with that consultation going through the um, scrutiny committee in previous years and on those occasions I said oh here we are again asking the same questions um, on a, a rather tedious, it became a, become a tedious exercise. Now I'm not so much stressing that point but it's always, that consultation has always come at the same time as the consultation on the pre following year's budget. So I'm astonished uh, to, to hear the response to Councillor Caton earlier that you know, an administration which has 
made great play of wanting to listen to the public in terms of what they wanted for new services and you know reconsultation on the local plan etc etc but there's a decision has been made behind closed doors to actually scrap it this year um, <coughs> it, 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 yeah. I just I just I'm amazed and it can't be that the... Uh, item number five, though, consider reports from the overview and scrutiny committee. Councillor Gregory. Thank you, Chair. Um, I shall be as brief as possible. Whilst driving here, I received a phone call from Democratic Services. Um, a decision notice under the general exception rules has been issued, and I'll be discussing that with Mr. Webb, and I would imagine yourself in relation to proposed investment as to whether that would require call-in or not. Um, I noted from my phone when I arrived, and I have a quite lengthy uh, email from Councillor Fairhurst on investment matters. My apologies, I haven't had a chance to read it, but I will read this and respond as soon as I am able. Uh, the most recent meeting of scrutiny was, I thought, a very fruitful meeting. Uh, we continue to make significant progress with the Section 106 Task and Finish Group and my continued thanks to Councillor Evans for all his work to date on that matter and to Councillor Priscioni for taking over chairmanship of that particular working group or Task and Finish Group for the future. Uh, the major planning applications work is still subject to resolution of the Stansted matter and advice from the Planning Advisory Service. Notwithstanding that, it's ready to go as soon as it is procedurally appropriate. A task and finish group for fly parking has been established, and uh, that will be starting work as soon as possible. There is, of course, an issue with the Birdman officer's time from the general election, which is causing some delay to activities. Uh, regrettable, but entirely understandable. Um, the major item considered at the most recent scrutiny was the draft corporate plan. Very grateful to have received this. Rather too much emphasis has been made at the point that um, we would have welcomed further detail, whereas I think perhaps the most important thing was received and was given some uh, attention and discussion at a far earlier stage than has hitherto been the case. So I'm very grateful for that. In passing, and I will refer to this later under item 14, um, I do know that the proceedings of scrutiny have been used as a sort of, you know, well, opposition punch and duty type opportunity. Um, that's perfectly fine. Members, residents and the press can do with it what they wish. But I would just like to remind everybody to put on record that the purpose of scrutiny is not as part of the opposition, it's as a critical friend. It's to seek to improve the working and governance of the administration, the executive and the council as a whole, not to um, score points. Um, Councillor Count and I have discussed this at some length and we're perfectly happy for people to do with it what they wish, 
But if they choose to misrepresent the proceedings of scrutiny committee, then they should be expected to be called out robustly and vigorously. Thank you very much, Chair. Thank you very much. Yes, possibly uh, quite relevant as, as, as recently as today, there have been severe misrepresentation of an investment board meeting last night, so I, I sympathise with, uh, uh, with, with your sentiments there. Um, item number six, report of delegated decision by cabinet members, there are none. Report on assets of community value, again, there are none. So on to agenda item Eight budget outturn. Councillor Hargreaves. Thank you very much. Um, this first um, report is about the covers the general fund, the housing revenue account, and capital program and treasury management. And what it is is a forecast of how we will be at the end of the year based on what has happened in the first two quarters. Uh, so the headline figures are the general fund. Uh, is forecasting, uh, um, uh, it says here overspend um, yeah. of £7,000. Uh, last quarter it was actually an underspend of £79,000. Uh, the housing revenue account is forecasting a net operating surplus of £400,000 uh, after in-the-year in reserves adjustments. That gives an overall budget surplus of 317,000. So the capital programme is forecasting current year underspend of 6,834,000. Uh, and uh, this is a matter which we've discussed before, which is slippages of the, um, um, the waste transfer station and also spending on uh, broadband. So that's 7 million of that is carried forward to 2021. That leaves an actual overspend of 234,000. Um, and the Treasury Management, it's a very long report, very detailed report, but uh, it ticks all the boxes. It has been, activity has been in accordance with uh, the um, The um, summary of the, if you go back to the general fund, the summary of the variances is shown on. Uh, in paragraph 10, as you'll see the, the, the 7,000 is at the very bottom uh, right-hand corner. Um, and the full breakdown of that is in Appendix A, which is several pages further down. Um, services, that's all those four sections at the top. Forecasting to underspend by a net 141,000. And details of the variances and associated movements and reserves are in paragraph 14. Um, the explanations and uh, variances of 30,000 are in paragraph 12 to 15. Um, corporate cost forecast underspend of 3.091 million. Uh, that's explained in paragraph 16. As I said, that's the new depot site, anti fast broadband. Um, the overall outturn position is not affected by the underspend. These are capital items of funding reserves. So what you're looking at here is contra entries. Um, the key risks, all of this are dealt with in paragraph 18. Planning appeals being one of those. Uh, and a summary of the reserve movements are detailed in paragraphs 19 to 21. Uh, showing a net reduction of 3.293 million 
uh, in the use of reserves compared to the budget. Again, that's the capital program stuff, the depot site as you brought down the band. So full details of that are in Appendix B, that's on page 24 if you want to look at that. So I'm not inviting you to look at it, it's not detail. Um, moving on to the housing revenue account, that's reporting a forecast of surplus of 317,000. Uh, and that's mainly due to increased rental in income and also compensation received from Stansted Airport for the financial impact uh, of some of their infrastructure works on our housing stock. Um, Summary of the budget position is shown in the table at paragraph 22. 317 in the bottom right hand corner of that table. And the details are on full budget position in appendix C. Uh, predicted use of reserves, 379,000 to support the capital program, and this year we believe an estimated year-end balance of 2.663 million pounds, and the full reserves position is shown in Appendix D on page 26. Um, going on to the capital program, one now on page 17, forecasting slippage of uh, 7.06 million, and again, that's the depot site and the superfast broadband. And the housing revenue section uh, is those elements relate to Moors, the Moors, and Walden Place, both of which are still progressing in the main works and are expected to fall in the 2021 financial year. So, for all these, the capital program. And associated finances and section 106 balances are in appendix E, that's on page 27. On the treasury management, everything has been in accordance with the strategy. Um, paragraph 30 for interest shows the interest rates on short term investments and short term borrowing. Full details of all transactions uh, are on Appendix F. So that Appendix F to show all our um, um, borrowings from other local authorities and from the government's um, debt management office. Table of the long term investments are detailed on paragraph uh, 31. And the Treasury Manager of Mid-Year Review is the next item on tonight's agenda. So recommendation is the Cabinet is recommended to approve the General Fund, the Housing Revenue Account and Capital Programme outturn forecast position and updated use of reserves. Councillor Haggard, thank, thank you very much for the report. <laughs> <laughs> um, and of course to uh, Adrian Nicholl and the team for their production. Thank you. Could I draw your attention to paragraph 18 where you highlight the risks um, as you see them to the, the budget and the current outcome. Um You will be aware that the current overspend in development control equates to a 6.22% increase in council tax in effect. It is that much of the budget the overspend. So my question really is if it continues to escalate as 
is intimated in the, in the narrative uh, where we find the money coming at. Uh, We're already projecting an overspend yeah. where, if any of these issues come into play, we've already got, as I say, the, the, the planning appeals, the status of situation has ended up with 6.22% of the net budget being overspent from where we started the year. How are you going to deal with any further overspend? On the planning appeals, um, my feeling is that with the um, local plan coming closer, um, we are now uh, winning some of the planning appeals. That doesn't, of course, stop the costs. That does dissuade uh, developers from trying it on. Uh, so the rush of planning appeals will not go on forever. Uh, in terms of the um, overall budget, uh, obviously if we're doing budget for next year and going forward uh, for the next few years, then the plan, of course, is for more investments uh, to, uh, to, to fill the gap. And as you know, we're looking at a £3.5 million per annum gap uh, towards the end of the, the, the four-year uh, forecast period. Um, but I think we'll have investments in place which will fill that gap. Thank you. Thank you, the, the massive overspend, which I know is been explained, is because of the delays in the capital program. This is a recurrent problem. Um, so, it, in other words, it, it happened before May 2019, uh, and you know it's still happening. I just really raised the question. I've done it before in previous years about whether there is some better controls we can put in place to deliver capital programs on time as projected rather than significantly late. And I don't want to go into the details of mm -hmm. the particular It's a very good point made, yes. And uh, just speak, speak, speaking generally, I think, look, look at, uh, um, I re recall at Essex, there was a, there was a significant understand there running on for the years while I was there. You see it in a lot of other uh, governmental and commercial organisations. It seems to be something of a natural phenomenon, but I, I will ask Mr. Webb maybe to, uh, to comment also on that. Thank you, Chair. I, I, think, I think members need to realise that the main and probably just about the only item that's causing that is the new depot at Great Dunmo, uh, which is at the moment and has been for a couple of years caught up in the planning process. So um, we are hopeful uh, that it's a planning committee in December that will get some movement on it. So that, that's the really only project that's been on Superpass Broadband as well, where there's some delays that have caused a delay in us putting our contribution through. Yeah, so it's a question that is, that is left for, for me then, is that do, do we feel, do, do, do officers or members feel that there is uh, a deficiency in that process of managing uh, capital programmes, which is, uh, I think, the point that Councillor Dean was making. I mean, what, what I'd like to add to that, you know, is that can we juggle things a bit more? So if it becomes obvious that something is going to be delayed, then bring something else forward uh, and, and shuffle things around. 
Well, I, 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 I actually I sort of doubt the philosophy of that. It's more the other way around. It's projects that are needed to be done rather than money needing oh, to be spent. I, I'm not going to mean spend it because we've got it. No, I mean yeah. something yeah. that was two years hence. Bring that forward to one for this year. But it's, it's a matter of them being shovel-ready, I think, is, is the phrase. I think that if, if we have the money in the budget and they're shovel-ready, we'll do them. So it's, it, it's not that. Yeah. I think, as Mr Webber said, it is one major project that's really doing it um, at the moment. Thank you. Other comments? I think Councillor Hargreaves has proposed the, uh, the acceptance of the, uh, the budget out uh, according to the forecast. Can I have a seconder for that, please? Seconded. All those in favour? Carried. Thank you very much. On then to the, your, uh, your second uh, epistle, Treasury Mangos. Right, so on page thirty-five, this is Treasury Management Committee Year Review and provides an update based on the original Treasury Management Strategy, um, which was set as part of the current year budget. Um, the Mid-Year Review provides a, a technical update on our Treasury Management performance related to the management of the Council's investments, borrowing and cash flows, its banking, money market and capital market transactions, the effective control of risks associated with those activities, and the pursuit of optimal performance consistent with those risks. Um, the covering report provides an overview of the main report which has been prepared with the support of our independent financial advisors Arlene Close and that is attached in Appendix A. Uh, a summary of the functions and risks of Treasury management are included in paragraphs 10 and 11. Um, and Appendix B provides an update on the prudential indicators, that's prudential with a small p, set in the capital strategy as part of the 2019-20 budget for the capital spending and the financing of assets. So the Cabinet is recommended to note the Treasury Management Mid-Year Review Report and updated prudential indicators. Thank you, Councillor Comments, questions, members? This is not generally accepted as being one of the most exciting items you will see on the Cabinet agenda. Undoubtedly important, and I think that um, as we discussed at the Investment Board, we, uh, we, we have a very interesting Treasury management. Uh, situation where we'll, we'll, we'll be looking to uh, maybe make better use of reserves and borrowing capabilities to, uh, to enhance our, uh, our income in the coming year to make up for that, that shortfall in the, uh, in the budget and the shortfall from central government funding. So uh, uh, it 
may not be exciting, but it is very important. And uh, I'm, I'm impressed with the management that I, uh, I just see from the team here. So could I have a second for that, please? Fantastic. Again, thank you very much. All those in favour? Thank you very much. And uh, Councillor Hargreaves, your, uh, your third and final. Right, this one is the Local Council Tax Support Scheme, proposals and consultation responses when I end up there on page 52. So the LCTS scheme provides support to residents who are on a low income and cannot afford to pay full council tax liability. So a uh, more detailed explanation of the scheme is on paragraphs 8 to 12. Uh, council is required to review the scheme annually and consult with residents and preceptors, even if there are no proposed changes. Just a word on preceptors. Although other sort of people making the decision on this, of course, it affects Essex and everyone else who uh, Collecting council tax and also um, parish councils. Um, pensioners on low income are protected automatically, so that's not included in the consultation. Uh, the LCTS scheme requires all working age claimants to make a contribution towards their council tax of 12.5%. And Uttersford has got the most generous scheme in Essex, if you look on paragraph 13. Um, so we are, we get we the best deal. Um, details of the impact of altering it um, by, say, 2.5% are shown in paragraphs 15 to 18. So if, say, the contribution is increased by 2.5%, um, extra council tax income would be £32,261, of which this council share would be £4,517. It also shows you on that table what the impact would be for council taxpayers. So the full cost of the LCTS scheme for Uttlesford is £380,000, that's set out in paragraph 29. So the proposal for 2021 is to maintain the scheme on the same basis as last year. And um, the consultation questions were, um, should we keep the contribution rate at 12.5%? Uh, should we continue to protect vulnerable and disabled residents and their carers on low incomes? And then on the contribution rate question, if you answered no, you didn't like that, and then said would you, would you have wanted a higher contribution rate or a, or a lower contribution rate? Um, summary of the responses is set out on paragraph 34. Full consultation report uh, is in Appendix A. Overall, 94% supported the, con the continuation of the Council's discretionary support for vulnerable and disabled residents and their carers on a low income. 
and 67% said the contribution rate should be kept at 12.5%. And of those who disagreed with that, it was a fairly even split, 55-45, between those who said they wanted it higher and those who said they wanted it lower. So there we are. The recommendation is the Cabinet is recommended to approve the following draft proposals to inform the local council tax scheme consultation for 2021. Uh, the 2021 LCTS scheme is set on the same basis as the 2019-20 scheme and therefore the contribution rate is frozen for the fifth consecutive year. Part two of that, the council continues to protect vulnerable and disabled residents and carers while they low income. Thank you, Councillor Hargrove. I think the, the, the uh, consultation responses are pretty uh, uh, definitive, and uh, if, uh, if the argument between larger and smaller is almost equally split, there's an argument that says that we, we may have got something right, and we may have got it right for the, for the last five years. Uh, comments from members? If I may, Chair, um, I believe earlier in the meeting there was some reference to the fact this matter had not gone through scrutiny. Just for the record, just so people are reassured, early in the year Mr. Webb kindly gave me a very detailed briefing on the LCTS scheme and uh, very informative and interesting it was too. But in discussion we did conclude that in the absence of any proposals for substantive change, there was probably uh, more useful business that scrutiny could conduct rather than just being seen to opine on a matter which there were no proposed changes to. Is that a reasonable summary, Mr. Webb? It is, Chair. Okay. Yes, we did, we did seem to have hit a pretty stable situation. Councillor Dean. Uh, I would uh, support that, having moaned about it being the same old thing year after year for the last well, however many years it is. Um, I'm just looking to see how many people actually responded last year, because I see it was only 131 people responded to this one, and whether there have been any significant change from last year, but the, um, I haven't yet pulled up the number from last year's minutes, so I don't know what the answer is, but never mind. I mean, you know, I, I would only repeat that we would normally at the same meeting be looking at hundreds of responses or, or more, I can't remember, over a thousand responses to questions about budget priorities and, and repeat my disappointment that that's not been performed at all this year. Any other points? Councillor Light. Echo that because uh, I know it took a long time to go through in, in previous years um, to go through all the responses. However, it is an opportunity uh, for a survey to be carried out and to ask people what their priorities actually are. Perhaps uh, changing the format, perhaps doing, um, I don't know, perhaps more online or looking at the questions, but I do think it's very important uh, that this is done. And I'm pleased that the, um, it has actually remained the same rather than increasing. I hope that continues. In fact, if the contribution rate decreased, it will be even better. Thank you. Thank you. Any other comments? Mr. White. Thank you, Chair. Can I just make an amendment to the recommendation in number five, which is the very first bit, 
it should say the Cabinet is recommended to approve the following proposals to inform the local council tax scheme for 2020-21. So taking out the words draft and consultation, that's erroneously appeared in that line. Okay, that's noted, thank you. Chair, just comments on the other points. Um, in terms of the response rate, uh, last time um, the council paid consultants quite a substantial sum to phone around to get more responses. Uh, you still end up with a very, very low percentage of the, the total population. Uh, and then I think probably the same consultants were paid a great deal of money to also then analyse the results in very, quite excruciating detail. Um, but one of the questions that were asked, which was nothing to do with LCTS, uh, were things like, do you want low council tax and good services? So they were phrased in a way that you could not possibly answer no to. Uh, and, <laughs> yeah, I want to say a lot more. Um, and also, a lot of the questions were about statutory things that we have to provide anyway. How important do you think council houses are? How important do you think bin collections are? Uh, so a lot of questions, you think, well, what we're going to do with the answer from that is a service we provide anyway. Um, it's quite difficult, I, so I, used to, I was 10 years director of market research company. Um, it's quite difficult to work out uh, asking questions that will get you an answer where you can actually do something with it. Uh, if you said to people, well, if we reduce the bin collections to once a month, uh, but you've got something else in place of it from the money that was saved, how would you like that? You, you can do that sort of question. But the sort of things that were being asked, I, I just felt were just absolutely, there was no point in asking the question. Because firstly, you could predict the answer, and secondly, most of the things you couldn't do anything about anyway. Uh, and a great deal of resource went into that, and a great deal of time spent, spent looking at it. Second thing is just on the response rate, um, we got the stats for the um, publicity for this, for the social media, and I haven't actually written the detail down, but something like about uh, 7,000 people actually actively saw this, clicked on this on social media. Uh, we know that 2,500 people received the email on the council's, what's it called, the council email information thing. Um, and also because it's advertised in all the local, local, local papers. So a lot of people seen this survey, uh, but presumably maybe looked at it and thought, well, it looks all right, there's no point in responding to it. Now you can phone up and make people respond, that again is a, is a biased sample because it's, it's only those people who answer their landline and who, who does that these days. Um, so it's quite difficult getting information. Um, and we, end up, we do end up, I agree, with a very low um, sample size, which is self-selected from those who, who wish, to, wish to respond. And I can't really see a way around that. Um, but at least the results that came out did actually justify, I think, uh, what, uh, what we ended up with in keeping it as a very general scheme. Thank you. Any other points, comments? Okay, and just for uh, final clarification following the uh, uh, the spot by Mr. Webb. The actual recommendation is that the Cabinet is recommended to approve the following proposals to inform the local 
council tax scheme for 2021 and then the Roman italics 1 and 2 as they are printed. So yeah, that, and that should be the local council tax support scheme. Local I, missed council out, tax no, I missed out the scheme. No, I did, I just, sorry, local council tax scheme. Did I miss that out? Support scheme. Sorry, yes. Councillor Harvey has proposed that. Can I have a second, please? Councillor Pepper. Thank you. All those in favour? Carried. Thank you very much. On then to item 11, the Felstead Neighbourhood Plan. Thank you, uh, Chairman. Uh, we have uh, before us this evening a recommendation to permit the Felstead Neighbourhood Plan to proceed uh, towards referendum. Uh, perhaps it would be just helpful if I could uh, remind us uh, of the status of neighbourhood plans in the district. We have eight designated areas uh, currently uh, in respect of the preparation of neighbourhood plans. Uh, two neighbourhood plans have already been made, one at Great Dunlow, of course, and one at Faxted. So the one here uh, for Felsted is the third for us to be considering. It is a key decision uh, and does require the Cabinet's uh, approval uh, before proceeding. Uh, the plan has uh, undergone several series of um, consultations and finally an examination by an independent examiner. That examination took place through the period of August to September uh, this year, and the uh, report uh, was a positive report. It did contain uh, various uh, recommended modifications to the 38 policies, actually, quite a lot of policies contained in the plan. Uh, there were 36 modifications suggested uh, and we do have uh, attached to our papers as Appendix 2 to the uh, report. Uh, we do have a list of those 36 modifications. Uh, those are actually primarily uh, drawn up in order to provide for some clarity uh, and to reflect uh, consistency with the NPPF. Uh, one policy was uh, deleted, uh, but an additional policy was uh, added by way of supplement in order to deal with water uh, cycling and uh, flood risk. Uh, the, the examiner's report confirms, in his opinion, that there, are, uh, there is compliance with the five necessary basic conditions which are set out in his uh, report, which is to be found in Appendix 1. So, <clears throat> so far as the formal requirements are concerned, the, uh, <coughs> the plan does conform, does comply, uh, and the Neighbourhood Plan Steering Group at Felsted, uh, who prepared, of course, this plan, have confirmed that they are themselves content to accept the modifications proposed by the examiner. Those modifications have been uh, approved and agreed by uh, uh, officers, uh, and uh, I would like to propose that this plan be put forward 
uh, and that uh, the next procedure be uh, followed, uh, which is that a decision is made by uh, us, uh, which leads to a decision statement that is then published and permits a referendum to uh, take place. And it is proposed by our officers that, taking into account uh, other commitments, uh, including, of course, the intervening election, that there be a referendum held on the 30th of January. Perhaps before I conclude, I might just say that the steering group at Valsid had not been entirely happy with the uh, pro progress uh, in, in uh, moving the uh, plan forward, and there has been correspondence between them uh, and our officers in relation to that. Uh, and I'd just like to mention that that uh, correspondence uh, has been seen uh, by me. Um, and uh, in the beginning of next year, there will be an update made to the protocol which we have. The current protocol is, goes back some years now. And that protocol, uh, which will give further guidance to neighbourhood plan groups, will be updated and improved. And I think we'll assist further steering groups in the smooth preparation and submission of their plans in future in cooperation with our officers. So I would like to uh, put forward uh, a uh, <coughs> proposal that this uh, plan, as it stands, modified by the examiner, uh, be approved by Cabinet. Thank you, Councillor. Comments? Questions? It would appear that uh, people are content. Councillor question? I'm delighted that the progress that's been made there. Um, I wish more progress had been uh, made in Stansted in my own ward, which is dragging its feet a bit. Um, in terms of public responses, just a bit of information. For last year's consultation on the budget, there were 2,417 or thereabouts responses, which was a much higher number than the 131 for the LCTS one that we were just discussing. I know I'm going off subject, but um, see that people are more interested in their own money and how it's spent. Thank you. Any other comments? <coughs> Perhaps I might just uh, add that there is certainly a swell of activity on the neighbourhood planning uh, front. As I said earlier, I chair the Stebbing Neighbourhood Plan uh, Steering Group, and we are moving forward quite quickly now. I know Saffron Walden is uh, as well, Newport, Quendon and Rickling uh, also. So I think uh, uh, next calendar year will bring a, a flush of neighbourhood plans forward, if I can describe the collective noun in that way. Uh, so I think uh, I will be bringing forward more of these uh, examples uh, to consideration by Cabinet in the next calendar year. Could I just uh, commend the Falstaff's Neighbourhood Plan Steering Group on getting the plan to this stage? Um, 
You put pen and reading in that examination moment and reading the examiner's report, I was terrified as to what he's going to say about our one. It is an absolute truckload of work. But at the end of it, you do end up with a hugely better understanding of the planning system, planning policies, how it all works. And it means that, for example, when you are up against the lawyers at an appeal, uh, all of a sudden you actually are something of an expert on that. So you can post in left, right, and centre. Uh, and it's hugely beneficial for this kind of work. And they've done a cracking job to get to this stage. I'd certainly like to endorse that, and uh, I've uh, uh, enjoyed speaking to the members of the Fasted Steering Group in relation to that work, and I certainly would join in your observation and commend them for what they've done. They started their um, work as far um, back as December 2014, uh, and so that uh, does uh, reflect the amount of time involved uh, in it. Uh, Fasted have um, included some rather interesting policies in the plan, uh, and uh, it's certainly worth uh, re-reading. Re um, and uh, of course, we do have um, uh, sufficient funds available. We do provide support to individual uh, neighbourhood plan steering groups. Um, there's outside uh, support available. Uh, from RCCE and also from consultants paid, um, reimbursed by, uh, by, by us. So uh, things are moving ahead positively and of course um, the concept of community involvement in way of neighbourhood planning is one which uh, we uh, thoroughly uh, support and endorse. Thank you. We, we have a member of the Felstead group here, so I think uh, con congratulations are due, maybe just after the final thing, that we actually get this through Cabinet. So can I, uh, can I ask for a seconder for that motion? Councillor Hargreaves, thank you very much. Um, all those in favour? Carried, thank you very much. And I think that um, Councillor Evans, in his new portfolio, is going to be... Um, very supportive of the neighbourhood uh, planning process as well as other parts of the planning process. So thank you for that. Um, on then to item 12, the North Essex Economic Strategy. Um, this and the next item are um, a couple of items that have popped into, uh, into my new portfolio and they have a couple of things in common overall and those are they that they are that that they are um, items that have been in progress uh, with the, the previous administration to a large degree they are the product of that previous administration uh, having said that it's something that we are obviously going to take uh, enormous interest in and to Pursue. So firstly, on the, uh, the North Essex strategy, uh, members will be aware that this is a product of work um, between the Braintree District, Colchester Borough Council, Essex County Tendering um, and ourselves. And the vision is that North Essex is a high value, productive and sustainable economy. People choose to live and work locally in new and established communities that are well connected and inspire innovation and creativity. Um, I think that we'll see a relationship here 
to the work that's going on, particularly with the Northeast garden communities. So there's a tremendous amount of uh, future planning going on there. I would cite uh, in, in particular the rapid transport system, which will largely cross the region. So there's going to be a, um, a tremendous amount of um, cross-fertilization between, uh, between this strategy and the work that's going on in the uh, new communities and possibly with locally-led development corporations that, uh, that we are investigating at the moment. Um, very much then work in, in progress and that uh, further work will be carried out in my portfolio this year. But um, it's recommended that Cabinet approves this uh, North Essex uh, economic strategy. Uh, it notes that strategy's priorities will contribute to the Essex prosperity prospect and the local partnership industrial strategy. It notes that the partnership structures which are in place to facilitate the strategy. Notes that an action plan will be developed to guide delivery of key actions and notes that a process for reporting progress will be established by the partners. Those are the recommendations that are being put to Cabinet. Could I have uh, comments, questions? I think Councillor Pavitt has been brewing one for some time. I have. Thank you, Chair. Um, I need to read this again, uh, perhaps with a calmer sense when I do, because I found it rather pointless in terms of battles, but it's, uh, it's extremely culture-centric. I mean, it talks about an economic area, but we are basically two corridors, A12 and M11. And you know, the, con the consideration here ceases at standstill. And, and what it does, in fact, it almost entirely ignores the fact that in the north of Uttlesford, we are in an entirely separate economic environment. You know, our, our future is key to Cambridgeshire. <coughs> Not to Colchester and that area of Essex. And it, it, to some extent, it reflects the disjoint in the local plan as well, because we have a third of our housing, projected housing, up here in the north. And yet we are tying ourselves to an economic strategy that talks about the University of Essex, makes absolutely no mention of the University of Cambridge. It's bizarre. Um, so I hope that you know, you're sitting on this panel, this board, you might <coughs> either suggest that we detach ourselves from it, develop our own economic strategy, or that, that we, you know, um, we, we have a subset in here that seriously addresses the contradiction, in a sense, in Uttersford between what happens in the south of Uttersford around Stansford Airport, the A120 corridor, that may have some bearing, certainly doesn't really get to Braintree, Brussels, and what happens up in the north, which is very, very different in my um, a point extremely well made, and it refers effectively to other, to other dichotomies that we have in the district, in that the strategic housing area that, uh, that we have chosen is, not, is absolutely not representative of the whole district. Um, in addition, we're, we're looking here at an east-west uh, coalition, if you like, and, uh, and partnership. Um, also, I sit on the uh, London and Stansted uh, Corridor Committee, which, which looks at the problem from a, a 90 degree different perspective. So, we, it, it, it's going to be an interesting challenge for this portfolio to 
um, to integrate that east-west side, the north-south, the housing areas that we've talked about. So, um, yeah, we haven't, start, we haven't started on this. I may, may just ask one question, and obviously this is work which has largely been done by the previous administration, but just to ask uh, Councillor Fairhurst from the back in his portfolio, I don't, did you, at, did you attend an, yes, an yes. early meeting on this? Yes. yes. Would you like to grab a microphone and say something? Yes, we did. Um, the, I think I'm afraid I, I do tend to agree with, with Councillor Pavitt on this. Um, it, in itself, it doesn't seem to be a bad strategy, but when we, when we did attend, we raised two fundamental points. The one is that this is not a, a residence-based, um, residence-developed um, strategy, but really a top-down economic strategy. And second, that there's very little integration between ourselves and them. So I think that it makes a lot of sense. I would obviously applaud the idea of working with them towards a, an overall um, accommodation. At the moment, it seems very much a seat or based in their area rather than ourselves. Um, thank you very much. And um, it, it, I think that, that, that since the abandonment of proper regional planning, we, uh, we, we have this issue. Uh, and uh, if we, we look at the, um, uh, the, the areas where we cooperate, we, we, look, we look south nominally to, uh, to Harlow and, and Epping, which in many ways seems to be an unnatural partnership. <coughs> um, however, I think the, that um, I often feel that the link, I, I feel the Braintree district is the one that is the most like us and that working with them has enormous merit. So um, I think the, 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 the answer to the very good point made by Councillor Pabbitt is that uh, it's really difficult. Uh, and I think, uh, personally, I would take the uh, Dr. Kissinger approach and be prepared to talk to everybody and, uh, and, uh, and make a, a critical analysis at the appropriate stage. I think Councillor Gregory had a point there. If I may, Chair, very briefly, just to uh, reiterate and perhaps reinforce what Councillor Pavitt has said, um, Siegel, Quince, Wicks did are a very competent firm with a great deal of expertise in this field, but one does wonder the extent to which they've been told to come up with a report that uh, matches the brief. Um, I have the greatest respect for the University of Essex, having done quite a lot of work for them over the years, but they have a relatively narrow range of research competencies, and those tend to be in areas that uh, feed into professional services rather than mainstream technology and biotechnology, notwithstanding that they do have excellent um, electronic engineering and computer science. But just in terms of scale, you know, in terms of their research power, they're about a seventh the size of Cambridge, and Cambridge is heavily weighted towards engineering and biomedicine. So they are you know, almost an order of magnitude smaller, and bearing in mind our, the significance of the Cambridge sub-region and the large biotechnology cluster centred on there and stretching down to Stevenage and Harlow. Um, I would reiterate Councillor Pavitt's points that we shouldn't perhaps put too many eggs in this basket. I wonder if, if you also have similar figures to hand in uh, the, the comparison maybe with Anglia Ruskin University which stretches down uh, again covering a significant part of this geography. Uh, well, Anglia Ruskin are an excellent institution, but they're a heavily teaching-led institution. And so they feed very heavily into specific skills areas, particularly uh, in healthcare. 
What they don't do is generate a great deal of intellectual property, which then results in early stage businesses, which can grow. <coughs> so the spin-off economic effect is relatively small. Relatively small, you know. Um, I, I don't doubt they have some significant areas of expertise, but the sort of the 800-pound gorilla, for want of a better expression, is Cambridge. Indeed, yes, yes. Uh, Council Albert, just beforehand, uh, the Chief Executive would like to, uh, to make a point about the LEP structure, which I think might be useful and informative at this time. Um, uh, it might be useful uh, if members just reflect on um, the uh, local enterprise partnership structure that we are in. So uh, the natural economic geographies don't match the administrative boundaries, unfortunately. So for members uh, who may be unaware, we're in quite a complex local enterprise partnership, which is uh, the South East local, local enterprise partnership, which is made up of Essex, Kent and East Sussex. And to manage that sort of geography, it's then what's called a federated LEP. And so for Essex, that is divided into um, North Essex, effectively, and South Essex. So South Essex, consisting of Southend, Thurrock, uh, Unitrees, Essex County Council and the three districts, Cosspoint, Rochford and Basildon, form their own federated parts of the LEP. And therefore it's important that the, the nor effectively North Essex has a really strong voice for them for the what's called Success Essex, the, the north part of the LEP, to be able to feature our area at the South East LEP board because that's through which lots of the funding and in the future, assuming the UK exits Brexit, that is where the Shared Prosperity Fund will be devolved through. So it's really important, it would be really difficult for Uppersford to have a voice in that structure on its own. I, I acknowledge perfectly the points that members have made about, um, because Uppersford is such a big district and it's quite diverse with South and North, there is reference to the strengths of the economy in the North um, of the district, but it is A120 corridor focused. But there is a duty to cooperate between LEPs, and that's of course where South East LEP, and in particular the federated part of North Essex, should be cooperating with the Greater Cambridge, Greater Peterborough uh, LEP. So the economic geographies uh, do not actually, unfortunately, follow those relatively arbitrary, but we need to play in as many different arenas, and as the leader has referred to, there's this arena, there's the uh, London Stanford Cambridge Consortium um, uh, trying to promote the Innovation Corridor, which is the North-South Corridor. So um, you have to play to as many sort of different strengths as possible. So I hope that helps to understand why North Essex is seeking to, um, you know, work on its strengths collectively. It may not be helpful. So uh, Councillor Light and Councillor Patrick. Thank you, Chair. Um, and thank you, John, for that uh, explanation as well. Um, I do echo what's just been said, that actually Uppersford is not a part of North Essex, uh, of this corridor, economically, with skills, jobs, qualifications. Um, I don't feel it has a huge amount to offer, and we are actually not going to be getting a good deal if we are absorbed into this. Just picking up on a few details to demonstrate this, 
Um, well, firstly, I have to say it's not very green, and I did attend a meeting and uh, made a point uh, there, and I'm, it's unfortunate that uh, that hasn't actually been taken on board. Um, one of the points it does support is it presupposes that the garden communities are going to go ahead um, and that that will be at the expense of our heritage, natural and, and uh, historic. Um, locally, uh, I think that the talking about the access of, in garden communities, one job per one access to job, if they call it, uh, local access to a job per dwelling, is, I would say, unrealistic, to say, to say the least, to be polite, and particularly when they are all low paid in, in uh, that certain area. I think the focus on the University of Essex and the research domains are far too narrow, and we should be drawing upon the expertise of Cambridge, which is much, much wider, and to which we are actually very closely connected geographically. Um, and also with our, uh, our population, our growing population. I would say that the uh, qualifications that when they're talked about industry relevant are actually far too narrow and they need to be much more around research and development of new uh, research for new technologies. The growth ambitions are excessive and hypothetical. Um, and finally, I would request that when, uh, if this is accepted, that the, there is a very specific focus and uh, some, I would almost say ring fencing, uh, if you know what I mean, without enclosing ourselves into a ghetto, that uh, Essex should have a much stronger voice because I couldn't really see anything that was particularly relevant to this district in this strategy. Thank you. Um, so thank you for, for, the, for the comments. Um, please do, please um, do anybody who put them in writing so that uh, we can build something even evidence based for the next meeting. Councillor Paddock. Oh, I just want to say thank you, Mr. Chief Secretary, for that clarity. I mean, they, they, we, are, we are between several stalls, clearly. Mm. Um, I would just say, in case anybody doesn't know, that the, the LEPs, the Local Economic Partnerships, or Enterprise Partnerships, sorry, well, fairly lambasted by the Public Accounts Committee as being unrepresentative, undemocratic, and poor value for money. Half of that quite good. So, you know, I, I personally can't put a great deal of faith in quite like what they're going to achieve. Um, and we do appear to be paying catch up with clearly the local plan and all the e economic kind of interplay with other areas started some years back. And then we had North Africa Garden Community came on the scene and there was a kind of catch-up process to try and bolt stuff around that. And I, and I just feel that maybe we need to be doing a lot more, talking a lot more with South Cams and with Cambridge City to try and develop a, a more meaningful and identifiable kind of relationship with them. Um, I, I agree with that and I've had and will be having a lot of conversations with Cambridge and, and South Cambridge to uh, uh, to cement those relationships because obviously um, particularly with the North West, with the North Hudson Garden Community that goes ahead then there, there will be significant questions and issues uh, arising from that and I think we've, we've spoken about some of my, my concepts for, for linkage there between uh, North Hudson and the proposed welcome uh, development as well. Okay so just, just to reiterate then um, 
big amount of work, a lot of confusion as to where we sit, various, various options. Uh, I think, as I said before, I, um, I'm very prepared and happy and willing and intent to speak to uh, anybody who will listen. So uh, any comments that come in will be, will be uh, uh, very welcome and will be taken forward. So um, could I have a second then for my proposal, please? Absolutely. Thank you. Turns, <laughs> <laughs> All those in favour? Carried. Thank you. Right. Going on then to the corporate plan delivery. As I said, there's, there's certain similarities. Many people, uh, members, members will be aware that um, we uh, we have um, the, the administration has a new uh, plan, which is. In development, in fact, part of it came to the um, so the initial part came to scrutiny, which Councillor uh, Gregory uh, referred to earlier. So um, the, the the corporate plan will be significantly refreshed in the next few months, and this will be coming to cabinet and counselling um, early meetings in in the new year. Um, however, um, we are we, we are still working on the existing. Uh, corporate uh, delivery plan. Um, we have obviously ac ac accepted a lot of work that's going on and are progressing uh, uh, a significant number of items. You will have seen the, uh, the report. So um, I don't propose to go through it in, uh, in any detail at all. The, the action items, you will have uh, read them probably many times previously and uh, the update. So in fact, we are uh, here simply to note the progress against that corporate delivery plan, which we see at Appendix A, which is my proposal. Is that a comment from Councillor Dean? It, 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 is a, it is a call to disappoint you, Mr Chairman, and I have five points that I'd like to make. Uh, various points within the, the report, latest uh, report, the, the first one refers, it's actually on page one, it's the very first item which refers to Dave's centres and on that point I would declare a personal interest in that my wife is the chair of the management committee in Stansted, at the Stansted Day Centre. This makes reference to Stansted Day Centre and talks about new arrangements but I, I can report that there's been complete silence from this authority to the management com committee in Stansted about what what it's got in mind. They've just failed to be get anybody to engage with them. So if I can uh, if I can raise that one, please, and perhaps that could be taken away. Um, it's really a matter of lack of responsiveness. Um, but what I want Councillor Oscar, I don't know whether you want to say anything at this stage, Councillor Oscar, or will you will you come back to Councillor? I would come back to Council Dean. Yeah, yeah, yes, thank you. Um, I, I mean, really, a, a question is that is the is a new administration committed to the continuation and enhancement of the day centre service? Um, I, the short answer is yes. Right. The, the, it's also quite interesting to note that in, in my own area in, in South Walden, the uh, the local council is is interested in. Uh, 
in, in taking on that responsibility. Whether that's appropriate or not, we may explore in the, in the coming weeks, months, and right. years. Thank you. The, um, the next point relates to 265. Um, I think that must be page 265. Mm -hmm. um, affordable homes. It's unfortunate that Councillor Bock has gone because she will remember that at least twice in the old council I criticised the previous administration for not taking advantage of of greater flexibility from central government for authorities to borrow in order to invest in social housing. This year's budget, the one that you're still working to, has zero in it for that purpose. Um, so I'm raising it now uh, in that you're, in pre you're preparing, or the new administration is preparing its corporate plan and obviously it's subsequently its budget to consider that uh, and, I, and I would hope that uh, there will be initiative uh, from Councillor Lees, pushed by Councillor Lees to change things compared with last year. Uh, we are ambitious. I will let, I will let Councillor Lees speak or Ros, if she would like to. Do you know what I'm saying? No, I don't really think I need to ask because I think I've answered this loads of times and the fact that I twitch Every time we say, are we going to do a bit more affordability and are we trying to be an initiative and are we going to look at borrowing money? Um, not to sound like a television programme, the answer is yes, 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 absolutely. And it is, you know, I am delighted to have inherited a housing team that are proactive and professional and enthusiastic and it has been bubbling away there all this time and are embracing those ideas with enthusiasm and gusto, would you say, Miss Millership? Is that right? <laughs> have I made that up? I haven't made that up, have I? You haven't been lying to me every time I've come in, it's all been would, would you like to say a word, are you happy? So the answer is yes. Um, you know, if I can if I can answer again, we, we had a meeting recently and we are discussing um, that we are looking at the, the notes have been taken to write in the strategy and the, and the business plan and we're just formulating that and as soon as it's as soon as it's together and we're all pleased with it we will be bringing it forward with great enthusiasm and hopefully will be received in such a way. Thank you Councillor Lee for uh, confirming that on the record <laughs> as she will know I asked the same question at the housing board last week but we weren't on air. So and I, the answer I, was I, exactly I, the same <laughs> that I just said. I, I wasn't aware of the repetitive nature of this question. <laughs> in a different place, in public. Um, page 268, which is about uh, street cleaning. Now, I was very pleased that uh, Ben Brown and Councillor Pepper visited uh, Stansted a couple of weeks ago because I've been moaning for some time about, and I met, I've used this term before, this linear rhubarb patch. Uh, down Chapel Hill because leaves collect and never move uh, but turn into um, linear compost heaps that um, I, 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 one day I will plant rhubarb. Um, I, according to this there will be an optimised street cleansing service and I was told by Mr Brown that some new scheme is due to be published, what he said, in two weeks time so it probably that means this week. 
Um, so, so I look forward to that, and, and I w would like to make a suggestion again on the record that some form of um, gadget uh, that is um, more more intricate than um, wheeled vehicles that one sits on and drives around are used to, in particular at this time of year, collect leaves in places where wheeled vehicles can't get. Um, uh, and and, I, and I'm, I look forward to um, whatever the, the new plan is being published soon to see whether it's going to make a difference where I live <laughs> and under the parts of the district, obviously. Can I pick up one um, two six nine? Um, I, I, the, the latest update on car parks says. I'm sorry that, that I'm uh, dealing with Stansted matters, or almost exclusively, but um, it talks about the fact that there will be new funding for improvements to car parks in Stansted Mount Fitcher. It will be discussed at a board meeting in December 2020. That seems uh, a far off projection. I wonder whether either there's a typo or we've. Um, I'd like, well, I'd like to understand why. Why they're proposing agendas for meetings a year, 13 months hence? So, for yes, members, yes, that is a typo, and I can actually report to members that uh, the council has been successful in securing some funding in principle from that board, and a detailed business plan plan will be put forward, I think, for consideration in January by the same board. So, uh, there, there will be uh, good progress. Yeah. So, that's uh, an excellent result. Oh, that, that's a great relief. Thank you. Good news. And finally, on page two, sorry, finally on page 270, um, MTFS, the, the final sentence in the latest update says that it, it, it implies that officers are beavering away producing next year's report, and then it says Members' priorities will need to be included once things have been finalised. But you, really, how, how, how do officers go about producing a budget unless they actually know what's supposed to be in it? So I'm just a bit puzzled by the way this Those is Those priorities written. have been finalised and given to officers. They have been? Yes. Right. All oh, right. Just haven't seen the, the light of day then, let's see. By you others. You will, you will, uh, you'll obviously see them as the corporate plan progresses. Right, look forward to that. Oh, that's, that's it. Thank you. Sorry, that, those are my questions. Thank you. Any other comments, queries? Uh, we are asked to note this. I propose that we note them. Can I have a second, please? Councillor Ascot, all those in favour? Thank you very much. Uh, item, agenda item 14, report from scrutiny committee regarding the ACOM engagement. Thank you, Chair. Um, I'll try and keep this as brief as possible, but there is some measure of detail which needs to be discussed. And this little saga, and I use the word saga advisedly, has dragged on for a rather long time. And I think it's probably fair to say it's generated slightly more heat than light. But of course, it's always the relatively minor things that do. This matter arose because one of our rather more diligent and detail-focused residents wrote to the leader expressing a couple of concerns. 
One was over the appointment of AECOM to, to conduct a review of the sustainability appraisal, where that resident was concerned that there seemed to be a disconnect between the procurement process and the time of the work undertaken. And then a more general concern about the what was termed truthfulness, the extent to which the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth was disclosed uh, around the conduct of the sustainability appraisal and whether that led on to broader concerns. You have in front of you two documents, one of which is a detailed timeline produced by the Chief Executive. One is a uh, report drafted by me and then aspects of which were discussed and agreed with the Chief Executive. The report or the timeline shows unequivocally that throughout this process officers acted diligently, effectively and in a timely manner to produce detailed and robust evidence around this process through all stages of the proposal. Mr Harborough has very kindly disclosed to me all the supporting documents and I've read those and cross-referenced them and there is you know, nothing of concern in that whatsoever. However, in the process of following the evidence, which was the sole motivation and approach that was taken to wherever it leads, we did uncover some interesting issues that are of interest, if not necessarily of huge relevance. Firstly, there was a regrettable failure to inform members of the public of the potential challenges of the sustainability of proposal. It was just that. It was an oversight by an officer who was under a great deal of pressure and was entirely out of character and unintentional. Um, it was identified as such, measures were put in place to ensure it didn't happen again, and there the matter should have and should have rested. And this was discussed at some considerable length uh, in a meeting held back in August between myself, the Deputy Chair of Scrutiny, Mr Harborough, the Chief Executive and the Leader. What then transpired was that it was possible if one cross-examined and cross-referenced minutes of various meetings with the detailed timeline to establish that at some stage relevant committees and the council as a body as a whole were misled as to the exact timing of certain events. Now, the questions have then arisen as whether that was inadvertent or deliberate misleading. Well, frankly, I regard that as irrelevant and quite inappropriate for us to even comment upon. Uh, to misquote Elizabeth I, it's not given for us to look into the souls of men. We have no idea what the motivation of individuals was, and we should assume that it was inadvertent unless there is overwhelming evidence to the contrary, and I'm very happy to do that. But as a result, Relevant bodies were not in possession of full and detailed facts at the time they should have been. And arguably, given that the sustainability appraisal goes to the root of the local plan process, that could give um, some measure of concern to residents as to that process. Whether it's material or not, I do not know. I mean, to a very great degree, it's now a matter of historical interest 
bearing in mind we're about to receive the uh, inspector's letter, which will make that clear. So, the facts on this are very simple. A resident made a complaint. The complaint was investigated. It brought up some areas of concern which were addressed promptly and without fuss. Um, I could, if I were minded, speak at length about the sort of general background of um, public discussion of this matter which has taken place. But I'm not entirely sure it adds anything to the discussion. I certainly don't think it brings uh, relevant issues to Cabinet, to this Council, or anything that lies within the remit of Scrutiny Committee. So what can I say in conclusion? Well, as I said, the timeline documents very detailed work undertaken by officers. There was a mistake. Mistakes happen. People are fallible and human, and we have to accept that. And I think we also need to bear in mind the extreme pressure which a number of people have been under for a very prolonged period of time. Um, the misleading statements were regrettable. They may or may not be material, but they were unhelpful to the overall reputation and status of the council. But once again, these things happen. So, um, having now spoken to the complainant, having sent them a copy of the report, they are content that this matter has been conducted in a robust and diligent manner. I am very, very happy to answer further detailed questions on this matter, but frankly I think that's where we can leave it. Councillor Verity, thank you very much for what has obviously been an extremely detailed investigation of the um, issue. Uh, if I can kick off by saying I, I am minded to say that we, uh, we know the report, to thank Councillor Gregory for it, but that I see that no, no further action is uh, appropriate or needed at this moment. And I say that particularly as that uh, um, I was one person who was possibly particularly misled by, by a statement on timing, uh, but I really don't feel that, I, uh, that, that there's any purpose in uh, pursuing it any further. So I think from my perspective we've gone as far as we can. However, members, comments. Okay, I think we'll just say thank you. We, uh, we, 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 we know that report if, if everyone is content. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, in the absence of Councillor Armstrong, item 15, the Museum Collection of Care and Access Policies, uh, Councillor Evans kindly agreed to speak to that item. Thank you, uh, Chairman. Um, I've suddenly lost my internet connection, but um, I did have some notes, so apologies for that. Uh, uh, very, a very nice friend has come to my rescue. Thank you. That's, that's good. Um, yes, apologies again from uh, uh, Councillor Armstrong, uh, but I'm delighted to um, uh, uh, submit this uh, report uh, on his behalf. And I'm also very pleased to see Councillor Light uh, in attendance. Um, and uh, this, this is actually an update on uh, previous consideration given by uh, Cabinet 
uh, and it relates to the collect to two policies, two potential policies, uh, the collections care and conservation policy and also an access policy. Uh, there's to be a suite of five uh, policies in relation to uh, the museum uh, and this is necessary for the purposes of uh, a review uh, leading uh, hopefully to the accreditation of the museum in the spring of next year. There was a previous policy approved by Cabinet in September which related to the collections development approach to be adopted by, by the museum. Uh, these two policies are, are further details. One is, as I say, collections care and conservation, which sets out the ethical, legal and professional framework under which the uh, curator and her uh, uh, team operate. It describes the way in which conservation is uh, undertaken uh, and also particularizes uh, specific requirements as to uh, uh, specialist aspects of uh, the collections. Uh, the other policy is in relation to access, uh, access to the museum uh, in physical terms, uh, but also leads on to deal with uh, matters of training for staff and also, of course, very importantly, the large band of volunteers who uh, provide their very welcome support to the museum. Uh, I was uh, delighted to attend the other evening at the museum uh, at an opening of an exhibition there and was given a, uh, a little tour by the curator as was I think uh, another of our group uh, this evening. Um, but I was interested to learn a little bit more about the museum and I hope that uh, residents uh, here in the south may uh, better be uh, introduced to the museum in future, uh, but I was um, glad to understand more about how the museum operates. Uh, it uh, is a charity, the museum itself is known as the Saturn Walden Museum Society and goes back to the uh, mid last century, uh, but it operates uh, through uh, a museum management working group uh, with uh, us as Uppersford and together uh, these two policies have been drafted by that uh, group and have been approved and I think as they've been uh, prepared in such a thorough and detailed professional fashion uh, I would uh, recommend that these two policies be accepted uh, uh, by Cabinet and uh, I perhaps just conclude by saying that there will be one final policy uh, to complete the suite of policies which will be coming forward uh, uh, at the next uh, at a cabinet meeting I think in April actually uh, which will relate to the documentation uh, policy and forward planning for the museum um, so I would uh, hope that this uh, recommendation in two policies will be accepted by cabinet Thank you Councillor Evans, comments? Members? Councillor Dean? I'd like to um, endorse, endorse what Councillor Evans has said. I was the other person who visited the bowels and the rafters of the building uh, a week ago. And um, 
I, 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 what, what mainly that came over to me was the fact that we actually have members of staff and volunteers working in very cramped conditions. It's a bit like working in a cupboard, uh, a series of cupboards, interlinked cupboards, um, where there's not much space left because of all the stuff that's stuck in there. So I do hope that this initiative, as well as the reference in here to the uh, extension program and everything that has to go behind that does proceed and it you know is successful because uh, it really does need to be brought up to date into the last part of the 20th century never mind the 21st century and i realize that it is a museum. I, I was about to say i realize it's a museum <laughs> but nevertheless <laughs> thank you I, I would also like to, to endorse Councillor Evans, but actually we may be in the last century in working conditions, as you say, in the, in the bowels of the cells, but we're also in the 21st century when their staff are dementia trained and with learning and outreach officers advising staff for autistic children and children with additional needs. So in one area it might be a bit low, but we are definitely forward thinking in public relations, which I think is to be applauded. Uh, well, I, I, I would uh, certainly endorse that, and I would commend uh, the curator and her um, very assiduous team. Uh, they're very, very keen. Uh, they're great educationalists, and I think we're very lucky to have such a facility within the district and to enjoy, as the council, a very positive and fruitful working relationship with our, uh, with our team uh, there. Uh, I was very uh, interested to learn about um, international activities which the museum has been um, uh, enjoying, including loan of um, exhibits as far afield as Canberra, I understood, and the return of various, uh, uh, various um, um, uh, displays uh, uh, of Maori origin to New Zealand. So, hands across the oceans, it seems, going on in the museum. Thank you very much. I think we're probably indeed very, very fortunate. I, uh, my, my, my own um, recollection of an interesting afternoon in the museum, when well, I think it was a, a wet February afternoon, when I was engaged in, uh, as a volunteer in painting the, uh, the display shelves prior to a, a new exhibition. So. Uh, Getting the community involved is, uh, is a great, uh, great feature of the museum. Uh, we um, were asked to approve the conservation and access policy. It's been proposed by Councillor Evans. Could I have a seconder for that, please? Councillor Pepper, thank you. All those in favour? Accepted. Thank you very much indeed. Item 16 is the proposed changes to cabinet committees and working groups. Um, as we know, we had a political realignment which has uh, necessitated uh, some changes there. You will see the relatively small number of changes that are uh, recommended. Um, I propose that the Cabinet adopts those um, changes. Uh, could I have a, well, a comment? First? Any, any comments, members? Thank you. Could I have a second, please? Thank you. All those in favour? Thank you very much indeed. Um, Item Chairman, can I just ask a question, clarification? 
The, um, the Working Group Investment Board, is the membership correct as of yesterday evening? I thought uh, it now had a vacancy. Or have I got that wrong totally? There is a vacancy, yes. yes. As of last night, yes. So, so that, that needs to be corrected. Uh, it, it, it may need to be corrected and that will be a, a subject for a future cabinet. Yeah, 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 you know, I wasn't. I was meaning that the report, the minute, needs to be different from the report. Let me just get back to it. So it will take me just a moment to find that on my system. So we may may I just clarify, I, I, I received a report last night that uh, Councillor Fairhurst, who is yes. sitting near me, has resigned from the investment board. Well, in fact, technically wasn't, he wasn't on there. He, well, his name's here. <laughs> yes, technically he wasn't. But uh, in fact, yes, so we, were, we will check. I think we, um, we said that there is a discussion as to whether he was technically there from that constitution. That, however, now is irrelevant in that he has resigned from that. So I will amend my proposal to say that can we adopt this with the exclusion of Council Fairhurst then from the investment board. Are you happy to second me? I'm happy to second. Okay. All those in favour? Thank you. Uh, item 17, whilst the exclusion of the public and press is irrelevant. We do need to take a vote to go to part two. Propose that we go to part two now to discuss item 18. Uh, I will propose that to have a seconder, please. Councillor Lees, all those in favour? Thank you. We are into part two and I believe we, we close down the system now.